Summer League is in full swing, and Kevin Dana, the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors, sometimes the Golden State Warriors. I don't know what you're doing with Summer League. Sometimes I hear you. Sometimes I'm hearing other people. We're going to find all that out and so much more. I especially want to pick Kevin Dana's brain about uh, how the Warriors are, given just how important their play is, especially now more than ever. We're going to break down Summer League, uh, Kaminga, Wiseman, Moody, everyone who's playing right now. Kevin Dan is going to have that information for you. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can follow the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors and then some Kevin Dana at Kevo408. You can follow me, Cyrus Sotsas, on Twitter at DogSurfRoadShow. Kevin, you are at Thomas Mack Center in UNLV. Summer League has changed a lot from when I was younger. It used to be a place where just the biggest hoop junkies on the planet would go to to watch up-and-coming talent. Now it's become like the smorgasbord of schmooze fests for all NBA executives and players. First off, dude, tell us about the scene there, man. Like, is it as wild as I'm picturing it, where it's just you're seeing everybody everywhere? Is it being overhyped a little bit? Tell us your experience at Summer League. Well, the first weekend, Cyrus, anyone and everyone is at Summer League. Like, LeBron James sitting courtside. I, I was out at, at a bar with some writers and reporters and this was in the wind and by us walked Ben Simmons, Trey Young, you know, pretty much anyone and everyone who, who is an NBA all-star. They, the first weekend everyone's here. Then once you get to about Monday, it starts to thin out a little bit and, and maybe it picks up in the second weekend. I can't quite remember since we're kind of winding down, but it's not like okay. the first weekend. And like I'd say over the last five years, it, the popularity of Summer League has really shot through the roof. So, yeah, no, I mean, I remember when Lonzo Ball, I tell this story all the time, um, but I haven't told it to the Locked On audience. So, true. Lonzo yeah, Ball true. Was, was the number two pick in 2017. Lakers fans filled this place up for Summer League. Like, I'm talking 16,000 fans at Thomas and Mack. The upper bowl completely filled a sellout, <laughs> and fans on their feet chanting defense in the second quarter of a Summer League game. Like, it was that intense. Like, honestly, one of the best basketball environments I've been in, it was like a July Friday night game in, in Summer League. That's incredible, dude. I went yeah. once, I think it was like 2013, and I was living okay. in San Diego. So it was it was not as bad of a drive as I thought it would be. It's all desert, right? And then you go show up to Vegas, and I just saw one game, and it was chill. The, the, the arena was mostly empty. Um, it's changed so much, dude. So let's break down the players themselves, man. I mean, one player that's been sticking out to me so far is Quindary Weatherspoon. I am loving what I'm seeing uh, in interviews. He's talking about basically trying to pick up the slack of Gary Payne the second. Um, what are you seeing from Weatherspoon so far? Because I'm loving what I'm seeing. And I know you can't talk about contracts and stuff, but it is shocking to me they have not given him a guaranteed deal yet. Uh, but your thoughts on his play? Because I'm I'm impressed. I want him. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like it, uh, and I've been a big fan of Quindary Weatherspoon basically this entire season. Now, he's not going to score a, a lot in Summer League because well, Jonathan Kaminga's handing the ball a lot. Moses Moody's, you know, doing his thing. Mac McClung 
has put up some nice numbers. So he's kind of the fourth and even fifth option in that starting five when you include James Wiseman since he's been able to return. But he's been efficient. Yesterday, nine points on four of four, three rebounds, one steal, just one turnover in 18 and a half minutes. That's what he's going to do. And when he talks about trying to pick up for the slack of GP2, his defense is initially kind of what got him a look with Golden State. Like, he has been a G League killer from a scoring perspective all year long. But it's when Clay Thompson was scrimmaging with Santa Cruz in December, Quinn Derry was guarding him, and he didn't shut him down. And uh, if I've used this analogy before, stop me. He wasn't the Reuben Patterson Kobe stopper, if you will, on Clay Thompson. I believe I've said that one before, so I, I repeat myself from time to time. But, but like I remember Clay Thompson in a, like a turnaround fadeaway on the baseline. And Quindary was guarding him, and he was like, man, that was good defense. Like, he like he said it loud enough for me to hear on the sideline. Um, and, and, like, as the story goes, like, Clay Thompson gave him a vote of confidence with the Golden State, you know, upper brass, saying, you know, this guy deed me up pretty well. And, and so when the Warriors had their COVID issues in December, he got one of those hardship 10 days, or he got the hardship 10 day. And, of course, we all remember what happened. Well, some of those, those of us who are diehard fans and nerds and have – nothing better to do with our lives. Remember him for his performance and me too um, <laughs> against the Phoenix Suns in, you know, on Christmas day, you know, he played like 12 minutes, scored six points and played bang up defense on Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And so that's what he can bring. And I I'm with you Cyrus on the fact that I believe he is a 13th man on an NBA roster. I think yeah. he can give you six to 700 regular season minutes, quality six to 700 regular season minutes. So you're talking about 60 to 70 games at 10 to 12 minutes a game, like a back-end rotation player. And yeah, maybe he's not a guy that is in the seven to eight-man rotation of the playoffs, but you need guys to get you through the 82. And he would be a very viable backup if someone, you know, God forbid, got hurt in the playoffs. So I, I, I like the Gary Weathers a lot to think that he needs to improve one. If he has said this, he needs to improve the shot. And I know the PA announcer is, like, talking pretty loud. I don't know how well you can hear that right now. I hear you. But, I hear you, but I hear him too, yeah. <laughs> but but um, he said during summer league he's working on his shot. And he was a 28% three-point shooter in San Cruz. He's never been a, a great three-point shooter in the NBA game. He's better in college. The shot doesn't look broken at all. He hit his only three-point attempt yesterday. Just a matter of you know, getting more reps in the NBA range. You know, he's three years into his professional career going in on his fourth. I do expect that number to go north you know, if he gets a healthy number. Absolutely, man. I do consider me part of Team Kundari. Uh, and for people listening to the podcast, it's the guy with two thumbs pointed his own way. His team, Kundari Weatherspoon, and, and Kevin, you agree, it seems like that he could be a valuable addition as a permanent member on the roster, currently a restricted free agent. Let's get this name just out of the way, man, just because a lot of people love talking about Mac McClung. Um, you know, he's, I believe he was the G League Rookie of the Year last year. Um, I, I personally, despite how amazing he might play in Summer League, I do not see him being on this Warriors roster. Maybe G League, but I'm, I'm told that they're, the G League roster already is really guard heavy. So to throw him in there would be a stretch. Your thoughts on McClung on how he's playing and where you see him fitting uh, next season? Well, if you saw the guy in the background with the black shirt and kind of the blonde hair walking up the steps, that was Mac McClung. Oh, right well, there now. you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I, so 
I like Mac McClung a lot as a G League player. He murdered Santa Cruz, like put us to sleep twice wow. in the playoffs in the regular season, like in a, in a couple of close games, like he was a difference maker. I think he is very worthy of a two-way contract somewhere in the NBA. I do not think he's pla- played his last NBA regular season game. And I think okay. that's kind of the, the launch point for where his career, is he going to turn into like a, an 11th, 12th man in the NBA? I don't know yet, but I do think he is too good to only have two games of NBA regular season experience on his resume because of how explosive and electric he is. And, okay, he's ball dominant. A lot of guards are ball dominant. Uh, and he seems to be a polarizing guy on Twitter. When I look at my mentions, people either love him or they don't like him much at all. And I, I don't like he had a game, his first game with Golden State in Summer League. He was 7 of 13. 17 points, 3 of 3 from downtown. Uh, I'm pulling up the box score to see what else he, he did in this game. Mac McClung, he also had four rebounds, three assists, three turnovers. So, like, it, he wasn't, you know, booting the ball all over the place. And he was plus three in a game in which the Warriors lost by 13. And multiple people in my mentions were like, oh, I've seen enough of Mac McClung. Get him out of here. Yada, yada. I'm like, what did you just watch? I, like, I don't get it. Um, it yeah, he's like lighting he, it up. He's lighting it up. He You're has right. he has his supporters. Then he has like a 22-6-6 and six game against San Antonio that like pretty much brought Golden State back into that game. Obviously, James Wiseman played well in his debut. You know, had his big positive moments. Obviously, had his downsides. I'm sure we'll get to Wise in a little bit. But, you know, Kaminga had a fantastic second half in that game. But yeah. Gary was very efficient as well. So it wasn't just him. But, I mean, Mac McClung was 9-15, of 22-5-6 with three steals and just one turnover. Like, and, and there are still some people you're like that that I don't know where the Mac McClung hate comes from, and I I've yeah, there, seen you're it. right there, you're right. There are some people that and I, you're right. I don't I never see specifics in terms of the why of it, um, but you're right. Some people just come, for some reason hate on him. I'm not hating on him. I'm just I just don't know if his game translates. I, you know, he's he's the, the height, the six two height is I think what bothers me the most but i mean like could he play for the warriors like i mean what like do you see him going to santa cruz or is he going to be on another team like like what are your what do you think his future holds uh immediately i mean i think he's worth a look at a two-way contract you bring him in i mean i don't know what they're going to do with mac mcclung i know like probably if ryan rollins is healthy like he probably doesn't get the summer league sh- ship from la lakers to to the golden state warriors Right, but I mean, I think he's a two-way contract player for sure. Uh, I, if that's with Golden State or not, I don't know. But you can't tell me that he isn't worth one of 510 NBA roster spots to be that 15-man or two-way. I think he trends towards two-way at this point in his career. And you said you, you're not sure if his game translates to the NBA. I wasn't sure if it was going to translate to the G League. Like you just see this guy doing crazy stuff in college, in high school with his mixtapes and all that. Skip to my Lewin all over the place and that, that kind of thing. And, you know, hammer and dunks down at 6-2 is going to, you know, get some attention. And you think, all right, well, maybe he's just an and one player. But, I mean, he averaged like 14, 15 a game in college, so it obviously translated there. There was a G League Rookie of the Year, averaged more than 21, close to 22 points yep. per game, and, like, was big in crunch time. And he's electric. He is fast as hell, man. And he can get up there. Like, he does have NBA level speed and athleticism. I do like whether that's a two-way level NBA speed and athleticism. I think, or 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 or, or like fifteen-man roster, 
I don't know, but I, I do think he is at least a two-way contractee. That's a dude. That's a strong endorsement coming from you for, for to recommend that a player deserves a two-way. That's 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 strong, dude. And, and I always respect your opinion about on these and, players. So, and, and I'm not saying that it's going to come from Golden State. I just like he has. He's been in the NBA before. He got a hardship ten day. He got 20 days with Chicago, and he finished out the year with the Lakers on a two-way, and like had like a reverse dunk to end the season in overtime win over Denver. And, you know, he, yeah, anyone who can average like 19-ish a game in summer league or whatever, whatever he's doing right now, like, can play. That's impressive, man. That's all I need. I mean, sign, sign me up. I'm in. Uh, I got to sh- save people money first. We're in a record inflation. Gas prices are crazy. People got to find a way to save money. And Rock Auto is one of the best ways possible. Did you fly out there, by the way, or did you drive? Oh, I flew. Um, okay, all right. Yeah, it's so, just eight and a half hours. Uh, I, I did it when I had COVID coming back from the G League showcase. I they, they gave me a rental car to drive back so I didn't have to infect the rest of the world. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, only when I have COVID would I make that drive. There you go. Well, people are driving out there still, and they're playing these crazy gas prices. And one of the best ways to save money is Rock Auto. Save time and money. Use your phone, use your computer instead of spending time driving to the auto parts store, dealing with other people, when you could save money and time at home. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? An example being a Honda Odyssey fuel pump, $353 from a chain store, just $216 from Rock Auto. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on and there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rock auto you are locked on warriors your daily golden state warriors podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. For your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with Locked On NBA. Locked On NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. You can follow Kevin Dana on Twitter at Kevo408. Coming to us live from Thomas Mack Center uh, in Las Vegas, home of the UNLV Running Rebels, and then some. At some point, I think we're going to see a, a full-fledged arena in Vegas when the expansion team's are announced, which should be, I hope, sooner than later. There is just a clear uh, a girth of talent in the NBA right now. Those expansion teams could not come soon enough. Seattle, clearly one of them, and I'm guessing Vegas. I don't know. Have you ever heard anything different about those expansion teams? Like those seem to be the two cities, right? Seattle Maybe and Vegas. Mexico City. Ooh. Ooh. So there's a G League team in Mexico City, and it's been reported in the past. I think it was a New York Times article a year or so ago maybe during the showcase this year, where basically it's a pilot run to see if they can, you know, host an NBA team. Um, That's so interesting. Obviously, it would be different players than what they have in the G League right now, but, like, can they get the fan support behind a team there? I mean, because the population of Mexico City is huge. I don't know exactly huge. what it is, but it's positive. It's huge, so, yes. You know, the NBA is all about global expansion, and Mexico City would be the next logical place to do it. But I wow. do think, like... I do think Seattle and Vegas are shoe-ins for an expansion. I think this might be like a potential future expansion. Like the way the NBA is developing talent around the world, like 
a 36-team league wouldn't really dilute talent. You know, you give it like another 10 years, you got all these global academies going on around the world, like in Australia, they have the Latin America County uh, Academy, so on and so forth. Like, there are going to be, you know, there are probably 800-ish caliber NBA players right now. There's 510, I mean, maybe even more, you know, they're probably... You know, 1,500-ish people who think they have a legitimate shot to be an NBA player, and obviously, you know, uh, there there aren't that many spots. But that's to, that's to say that there are a lot of NBA-caliber players out there, and so I think future expansion beyond Seattle and Vegas, those would expect to be – those are the two most popular, I think could happen, and I do think Mexico City could be one of those places. Oh, dude, that would be so prosperous. You'd have the whole country, probably the whole Latin American community in the world supporting that team. That would be wild. That's that's fascinating. Um, hey, speaking hey, of, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just saying, if it's soon enough, where Juan Toscano Anderson is, you know, at least in his mid 30s and still young enough to play in the NBA, <laughs> dude, <laughs> <laughs> team player in the NBA, that'd be awesome. I follow. No, I follow, man. I'm going to save uh, the, the three big names we're going to talk about, which is Kaminga, Wiseman, and Moody for the final segment. That's that's okay. a tease right there. I want to speak and let's stay on, on topic with the Latin American players because the Warriors have two of them um, that are certainly peaking interest. One of those is Guy Santos, uh, their second-round pick, who seems to be like a, a fantastic sta- da- stash and dash. Is that the right moniker? Uh, draft and stash. Draft and stash. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you player out of Brazil. <laughs> and then there's Lester uh, Quinones, who uh, could earn a two-way. I think he actually has a two-way right now. Your thoughts on these two players so far, based on what you've seen in Summer League? Yeah, you know, Guy Santos has impressed me. Like, you know, when he was immediately drafted, uh, the kind of the immediate response was that he was a, a drafted stash candidate. And when you think drafted stash candidate, you think of a kind of a Bruno Caboclo two years away from being two years away kind of prospect. Of course, Caboclo wasn't stashed necessarily. He played in the NBA right off the bat. I right. actually, actually saw him play recently. It was like really good in the Utah Summer League. Um, but, but when, you know, first game he had 23 points in the Cali Classic. And yeah, he turned over like five or six times maybe. But like the fans were all about Guy Santos at Chase Center. Like, they were, hmm. you know, giving him standing ovations, cheering loudly when he had it. Players with, plays with some flair, can really create for himself. And I mean, he has an NBA ready body. He's, you know, six seven. I think he's like two oh five and a seven Great. one wingspan. So a plus six wingspan. You know, with the wing like legit NBA wing size. You know, there are spots in the league for guys like that. Selfishly. If he is going to get stashed, I hope he's stashed with Santa Cruz. And as we've talked about before, Cyrus, you can do that with draft picks, first or right. second round. Uh, you don't see it a lot with first-round draft picks. And he's a second-round draft pick. And it's happened plenty of times with second-round draft picks where they get stashed in the G League. Um, so if that's what they're going to do with him, I would welcome it with open arms because, uh, yeah, I'll, I like he a, a lot. And Agreed. he's got a lot of refining to his, due to his game. For sure, he just turned 20 years old. He is turnover prone. Uh, he can set guys up with flashy passes. Um, yeah, I think he still needs to work on creating for others. But still, there, there's a lot of promise there. And then what about uh, another player who I believe has – did they offer the two-year deal? That's a Lester Quinones. Is, is he a two-way he's player? On a, he's on a two-way contract. And, and so Lester hasn't necessarily had the, the best summer league. He hasn't shot it super well in, in summer league like last, last time out. 
Quinones was one of four, four rebounds, had two points, but he is a good three-point shooter. Like in college, he was a high 30s guy from three. I'm pulling up my Lester Quinones chart right now. Um, <laughs> but what Jama Mavalela said about him after the game yesterday is that he's seen incremental improvement in Lester Quinones. He told that to the media after the loss to Boston. And, and yeah, I mean, uh, over the course of three years, 37% three-point shooter was 39% as a junior yo he's uh in the same recruiting class as james wiseman at memphis so um and, and he he said in the pre-draft process you know these guys get interviewed by uh outlets left and right like coops hype and, and that kind of stuff rookie wire and he said i feel like i'm one of the best shooters if not the best in this year's draft and maybe that's you know overselling him a, a little bit obviously you know there are guys who shoot 40 plus percent who were in this draft class and he was at 39% last year. So mathematically speaking, maybe the numbers don't support that claim, but you like the confidence there. And, and you know, he sees himself as a three and D player to start his career and the shots haven't fallen here, but they rarely do for rookies. Mm -hmm. It's a new three point line. And yeah, you are working out in pre-draft process with a new, with a new NBA three point line. But it's still different when you're playing in actual games and you are playing in front of thousands of fans here at, at Thomas and Mack Center. So um, there, there is that. I, I wouldn't read into his shooting percentages in a five-game sample in Chase Center and, and Las Vegas Summer League combined and say, oh, this guy can't hit the NBA three. No, I, I have faith that he will hit him at a higher clip. But uh, th that's just something that hasn't happened for him yet. And if, in Santa Cruz, if he gets on a roll, expect him, at least I hope we see this, in, in Memphis, when he hit a three, he would break out the air guitar. So I hope we see that in Santa Cruz next year. <laughs> that is funny, man. Yeah. Funny side note, by the way, I just this is totally random. Bradley Cooper, the actor, direct that movie he made with uh, Lady Gaga. Anyways, no, I just play more air guitar then. Dude, it's all about the air guitar, man. And he went he went on Jimmy Fallon's show and rehearsed it to see if it looks good, and it no. did. And then you go ahead. The, a Star is Born. That was the name of the movie I was referring yeah, yeah. to. Uh, but anyways, um, okay, so we're, we're, real quick question. Uh, the two-way deals, can, can the Warriors or any team just – rescind that whenever they want and offer that whenever they want like is there a transaction limit on that i know you can do two players with the two ways but and and you can't be a, a more than a four-year veteran of the league i know there's some stipulations there um but can they just take that away at any time and offer to someone else how does that work pretty much i mean like i've seen plenty of guys get offered two-way contracts at summer league and then by training camp, they're not on a two-way contract. Right. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's not like a set-in-stone thing by any stretch of the imagination. And, like, yeah, if, if you know, during the course of a regular season, the Warriors see someone, you know, in the G League that they like, they can offer that person a two-way contract and they just let the other one go. Like, Here you, go. you know, Here you it, go. These, these contracts aren't worth millions of dollars, you know, it's – you know, depending on how many NBA days of service or NBA games you play in, like it gets prorated that way uh, from a rookie scale. So, I mean, you're looking at, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars as opposed to millions. So it's not 
and it is, you know, it's not like a, a, a serious cap hit or anything like that. Right, right. <laughs> That's crazy, man. So lots still to come for the Warriors. Uh, and of course, we're going to get into the three big players that have been playing so far. Because Kevin, I'm, I'm guessing everyone would love your, your insights and feedback on on the core three of Wiseman, uh, Kaminga, and Moody. But first, I got to tell people about a very longtime sponsor of this program, Bet Online, and more specifically, BetOnline.net who is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Dude, this is this is kind of a crazy line that BetOnline, uh, uh, their president emailed me. He emails me lines sometimes. So these are the odds for where Donovan Mitchell uh, okay. could Let's go if he's traded. So the right. Knicks are the overwhelming favorite at 1-1. One yeah. one. Uh, then the Heat are second at 4-1. to one. The Celtics and the Nets are tied for third at 7-1, to one, which, which really piques my curiosity for – Who's being offered in the Celtics? That's a bizarre one. But then check this out. Right below that, the Lakers are nine to one, and the Warriors are nine to one favorites to acquire Donovan Mitchell in a trade. Do you think there is any real reality to that? I think that's a fantasy, man. Like, is there any possibility of, of, of Donovan Mitchell going to the Warriors, in your opinion? I mean, not not to hate on our sponsors, Bet Online, but if you're giving nine to one odds for Golden State, I mean. You must be giving like twelve to one odds for the Detroit Pistons. Like, I mean, <laughs> no, no, it's crazy. It goes right after the Warriors. It's Kings ten to one, and then and then there's only four other teams listed. But then the Raptors are, I think, a uh, thousand to one, and so it just after that, it just it really just falls yeah. off the, the. Yeah, I mean, the, the I, I just pulled a, a team out of my behind just as to say like. Nine to one seems like a really low odds. Like I, I don't know one way or another, but like nine to one, like I'm just shocked they're listed. Yeah. Like I, I just like Donovan Mitchell to the Warriors. That's just such a weird thought. Well, whatever. If you actually want to bet on that, you can with Bet Online. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. They are your continued source. For all your sporting, wa- sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, it's where the game starts. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can follow Kevin Dan, who is coming to us live from the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas, home of the UNLV Running Rebels on Twitter at Kevo408. So obviously the big three names that I think a lot of people are focusing on for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, we saved the best for last year in terms of the players being covered. And that is, of course, Jonathan Kaminga, uh, number seven pick a year ago. Moses Moody, a number 14 pick a year ago. And James Wiseman two years ago, a former number two pick. Uh, let's start first. Let's go in chronological order from the most, the oldest to the newest. Let's start with James Wiseman, uh, who's he's. I think he's played two games so far. In his second game against the Celtics, he shot five for seven from the field. That's fantastic. That's that's what you want from your big. Uh, he was a perfect one for one from three. I've always thought he's underrated as a three point shooter. Yeah. Uh, finished the game with a meager eleven points, added just two rebounds. Uh, your thoughts on James Wiseman so far uh, in summer league? Yeah, I mean, first off, it's just great to see him back on the court. You know, for a guy who played uh, just three G League games this past Heck season, yeah. has played an NBA yes. regular season game since what, it was 15 months now. Um, I mean, he came out 
firing out of the gates. I mean, the first play, his first 10 seconds back, he got a lob and you know caught a lob on an alley-oop, hit a three, blocked a couple of shots. Like within the first five minutes, he was out there, blocked a shot. In the first five minutes, he, had, he was out there, finished with two blocks in his first game. He wasn't happy with his rebounding performance in that first game. You, you expect a guy like him to get more than two rebounds in 19 half minutes, that's for sure. Uh, but, you know, Jama uh, Malalela was talking about that being kind of a timing thing and getting your rhythm back out there. And then the second game, he rebounded a lot better. He had seven rebounds. And still, he'd like that number to probably be a little bit higher. He, you know, for I think he was 21 minutes. Let me double check. Pretty sure it was 21 minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes okay. on 45 seconds. We round up here on Lockdown Warriors. So 21 <laughs> minutes. Um, and so that's a rebound every three minutes as opposed to a rebound every nine and uh, every 10 minutes that he had in his first game. And, you know, if you can get that to, yeah, it, a rebound every three minutes is pretty good because if he's going to play starters minutes, it's like 12 rebounds a game. So that that's kind of more in the vein of where he needs to be. Anthony Slater pointed this out. The next step for him is like when he gets an offensive rebound, you know, he tried like a little fadeaway on the baseline. Go back up and hammer that thing in and get fouled and go to the free throw line. Yes. You know, he tracks to be, you know, a pretty good free throw shooter. You'd think in you know, his rookie year he was he was 63%, but the, but the stroke looks better than, you know, a guy who's going to be 63% for his entire NBA career. Um, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he has a really nice face-up game in the mid-range. Uh, he can shoot the three, which he has shown time and time again. Uh, the thing, you know, that will come with time is not fouling as much. He had seven fouls in his first summer league game. And for our summer league audience, you foul out at ten in summer league and not six. Uh, mm-hmm. And people oh, have fouled out okay. the summer league. Thon Maker and Andrea Bargnani both got ten personal fouls in summer league games. So <laughs> they hit the quota. Wait, is that is that the same player who was a former number one pick, or am I thinking of someone different? No, Barnyani, yeah, number one pick. And Thon Maker. He's still around. Pick. Oh no, I'm. Th- this is back in the day. This is back. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you meant. Just, I was like, uh, oh, I'm just giving you some summer league history, okay. here, Cyrus. Yeah, yeah. Take there this one to your next that. cocktail party and get shown the door. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. And those Wiseman numbers I threw out, I believe, were like his second game, right? I was, I'm actually, I got screwed, I got screwed up there. Yeah, no, um, that, yeah, that was the second game. Yeah, uh, no, no. First, so the five for seven was his first game against the Spurs, not the Celtics. Correct. And then he had six and, and seven against the Celtics. What happened in that second game with him, man? He shot, yeah, I, I was watching some of that. I mean, he, his shots were just off. They were clanking. I mean, you're right. He got seven rebounds in that game, but I, yeah. I, I don't know, man. It, 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 you're right. It, the first game, I thought he, he looked great. And then the second game, every time I looked up, he was missing a shot. Um, so you're saying what, what, what Wiseman is working on is offensive rebounds, putbacks, asserting his force inside, I'm guessing, right, given he is most of the time the biggest player out on the court. Um, are you liking what you're seeing so far? Are you, are you, are you, is this encouraging early in, the, early in the game, two games in? I don't read a ton out of Summer League, just – for the simple fact, and this is something Slater pointed out, is that like he's not going to see the ball a ton in summer league. Like it's going to be guard dominant with with the ball. You know, guys are out here playing for contracts and stuff. Um, now now Kaminga, who isn't playing for a contract, uh, he he is handling the ball a lot. We'll get to to Jonathan in a little bit. Yes, but I mean like it's too small of a sample size for me to say one way or another. Like oh, this guy is the truth. This guy is bus like i have long thought that james wiseman's going to be fine and nothing that i've seen in two games was going to convince me 
one way or the other. Whether he had 30 points or zero wasn't going to change my opinion. Gotcha. Like, it's just for him to get reps. Um, and so, you know, speak to me after 82 games this season, and maybe I feel different one way or Fair enough. You know, let's, let's talk about Jonathan Kaminga, who yeah. has actually been a bit of a lightning rod. Uh, he's he's a little polarizing so far because um, what people are seeing from him so far is, is a lot of isolation plays. I heard one person actually compare him uh, to Kelly Oubre in terms of his fit. Look, this is just summer league. I, I, I'm definitely of a school that you don't read much into it. Um, his first game was just flat out awful. He only scored four points before uh, leading the Warriors to victory in that Spurs game. That was actually a solid performance for him. He put up uh, 28 points. Uh, but I had the horrible free throw night. He only went seven for 18 from the line. Uh, and then in the game against the Celtics, where they did come back a little bit, Kaminga looked like he woke up, He woke up, finished with 29 points in that game. Um, what are your thoughts on him? His free throw shooting is meh. You know, he went five for eight in that last game. He's scoring points. If you take away that first uh, first game, he's putting the, you know, the ball in the basket. Um, but it's not necessarily – I mean, they barely won that Spurs game. They, they got pretty, beat up pretty handily by the Celtics. What are your thoughts on Kaminga so far in summer league? Yeah, sorry. I, I think my connection dropped for a little bit there. Oh, okay. Uh, no worries. Yeah, I just read off a lot now? of stuff about – yeah, I do. If you can hear me, I hope. Uh, yeah. I just reeled off a bunch of stats about Kaminga and you. how he's played – yeah, and so what are your thoughts on Kaminga and Summer League so far? Yeah, so I guess, well, this is going to sound like I have my PR cap on, and this is what everyone comes to Locked On Warriors for, prime machine content. But, um, you know, to his defense in the first game, let's go, Hal. That's my agent. Um, oh, hey, to, you to, know. There you go. To, to his defense, like he was in the con- Oh, and we just lost Kevin Dan. Oh, there we go. You're back now. Oh, you're back. You're back. Come back. Continue on, sir. Sorry. But so like, so he was in the Congo, right? He was, you know, he was there with his brother, Joel Tomboy, who was on the Summer League roster. Hopefully we can see him a little bit in Summer League in these last couple of games. But so he joined the team Wednesday in Vegas and then played on Friday. So he didn't have much of a runway and they had him play point guard. So, like, you know, he was handling the ball a good chunk of the game. And Jama Malalela was saying, like, they were experimenting with him just to see what, you know, Jonathan could do out of the pick and roll and stuff like that. And so, yeah, if a lot of it looked like isolation, it kind of was um, because they wanted him to, like, kind of work on some of that stuff. And I'm sure it turned into too much ISO ball for, for the Warriors' liking. And, yeah, I mean, the numbers in that first game weren't good by any stretch of the imagination. Two for ten, five turnovers, missed all four of his free throws. Um, and, but, like, he has gotten better. Like, he was really pissed after that first game. He said it was one of the worst games he's ever played in his life. Um, so he was very frank about his performance. And even after that second game, he, he was still really upset with his free throws. But, I mean, in the NBA regular season, this is a guy who got his free throw percentage up to 68% when it was in the low 50s, maybe high 40s to start the season. And so that means he was sitting at well above a 70% clip for a good chunk of the season. Uh, so, I mean, it's frustrating to see him go 12 and 30 for the foul line. There's no doubt about that. And that he's not hitting threes. You know, he was, what, maybe one for seven yesterday. 
but yeah. it got more efficient as that third game went on. He started like three of 11, and eventually I think hit eight of his next nine, and I want to say finished 11 for 22 in that game. Yeah, 11 to 22, including hitting a couple threes. He hit his last two threes, uh, so it was two for seven, not one for seven. One for seven the previous game. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So three for fourteen his last two games. I think he's like three for eighteen in summer league. Awful. <laughs> yeah, no, so, no spit in that. It's awful. But it's really, it's really. He yeah. also started the NBA regular season bad from beyond the arc. He got it to thirty-four percent. That's more. That's respectable. So, Agreed. Yes. Again, we're talking about such small sample sizes that. If he went 12 for 18, you can't say that he, like, figured out he made a step, you know, a leap in his three-point shooting percentage. No, he got hot for three games. He's been cold for three games. So, I, I mean, I know, like, people like to make grand, you know, speculations about what happens in summer league and stuff like that. But, like, just because someone's not shooting well against lesser competition doesn't mean that it's not going to come around. He's been turnover proof, but that's to be expected because he's playing a role that he didn't play last year and he's not going to play next year. They just want right. to kind of see what's in the tape. Do you like – like, uh, are you impressed with his ball handling? I actually like that they did that. I think this is the perfect time to experiment. Um, do you like that uh, – what were your thoughts on Jonathan Kaminga as a ball handler? Like, were you impressed? Was it eh? – what mean, do you think? No, I think he can – I think he can handle the rock for sure. Like, I, he looks confident with the basketball kind of when, you know, when he's just kind of dancing with the dribble a little bit and, and sizing things up going on Ryan uh, that, that's Ryan Atkinson former Santa Cruz Warriors GM yes uh, this is what's up podcast what's going on there you go nice to meet <laughs> you man oh that's awesome man good yeah. stuff so um but wait, we're talking about Jonathan's ball handling yeah all right so the, the thing that kind of more like you want to see him grow is that he'll go a little too one-on-one which we talked about already he needs to figure out how to feed different types of players like i'll go back to the san antonio game he kind of had a two-on-one situation in the half court where he was into the paint he had broken the paint there's one defender between him and james wiseman they tried to throw a wrap around bounce pass around the defender to wiseman and it went between james's legs and james was just pointing up in the air like you gotta lob that to james right like james wiseman's gonna outleap anybody in that situation for a dunk and that's like the next step that jonathan kaminga needs to take to figure out to make those different kinds of feed, to, to not throw the ball at the feet of a big in a situation like that. And that'll come with time. Uh, I, I definitely think he has some ball handling tools to be a good ball handler in the NBA. And then the next, the rest just comes with experience, and he's you know still 19 years old. Exactly. Exactly. He's just a kid. And if he actually develops those ball handling skills, that's just going to add to what could be a phenomenal repertoire of a skill set. Moses Moody, there isn't much to say. He's been playing lights out. He scored 30, 34 points uh, and, and added five rebounds in a summer league opener. Didn't play in the second game. Again, against the Celtics, uh, he put up 21 points, but he's been looking good, man. I don't know about you, but I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Moses Moody. I'm going to leave you. Look, you've got a lot going on. You've been on already for a long time. Let's finish on this note. The Warriors right now, their bench has Gordon Poole, Evincenzo, Moses Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman. Ryan, I imagine Ryan Rollins will be a part of that roster. I, I don't think they spent that money and moved up in the second round to, to pluck a player that is just going to sit in Santa Cruz. I think with his length and skill set, he's probably going to see some minutes. Maybe Quindary Weatherspoon. 
are you happy? I mean, I know, look, I know you're a company man, dude, so it's hard for you to answer this question, but are you happy with that as your bench, or would you be happier if the Warriors added a couple of veterans? I mean, I think it's a very formidable top ten. I, I definitely, like, I mean, I think most Moody's going to be a heck of it. Like, if, if Moody and Kaminga are, like, your eighth and ninth men next year, like, and Wiseman's your backup center, like, that's a lot of talent to have. And it's a very, you know, I love Gary Payton the second. He's great. I, you know I love Juan Toscano Anderson and Damian Lee. Like, those are Santa Cruz guys. Through. And I, I really enjoyed Otto Porter. Nevin Yabilitsa had some really impressive moments in the playoffs, especially, like, defensively against Jason Tatum and held up well in short stretches against Luka Doncic. But they, you know, they signed with other teams. That's what happens. And... I do think, like, DiVincenzo was a really solid kid. I, I think that's a big pickup. And I do think that Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga are going to make pretty sizable leaps next year for their second year in the NBA. Mm. And they don't need to be all-stars next year. They need to be reliable role players for 20 minutes a game. And I exactly. think they certainly have the talent to do that. And then James Wiseman, you just hope he stays healthy. And I think he showed more than enough his rookie year for people to realize that, all right, it's not there yet, but it can very well be there at some point in his career, and hopefully sooner rather than later. I, I definitely believe in the kid. I love him, man, and I love you, brother. That's Kevin Dana. He's at Thomas and Max Center, home of the UNLV Running Rebels and the NBA Summer League. It is definitely a hobnobbing time, schmooze fest. Best of luck with everything, dude. You got a lot going on. I'm, I'm happy for you. Uh, and hopefully next week we'll go back to the regular schedule, having you on Monday. All right, so what, here's my last question. Why yeah. is it that sometimes you're calling games and then sometimes you're not calling games? Like, what is your schedule? How can people see you actually doing work on TV? Okay. So, so yeah, it might be confusing because I did every game at the California Classic because um, I was filling in there on, on the TV side. Um, so I did all those games on NBA TV and one on ESPN too. At in Las Vegas, I'm doing the Golden State games, only Golden State okay. games on the radio, or Warriors.com, or the Warriors mobile app. Gotcha. So that's okay. Different. So I'm not doing NBA TV or ESPN here out here. There you go. Okay. Now, so someone, you can listen. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say uh, I'm available for them if they want me, but <laughs> I, I don't know if they know that. I'm sure your agent knows, and he's there, so I'm sure he's campaigning for you, man. Good stuff, dude. All right, so you can catch Kevin Dana on the radio feed or the audio feed, and look, you can always sync the two up um, so you can watch, listen to Kevin while watching on your TV or whatever screen you're using. Uh, always a pleasure, my man. Um, thank you for the insights. That was tremendous information. Uh, are we forgetting anything? Is that it? Are we done? We good? Uh, I think so. I, I, I think we're Gucci, yeah. All right, awesome, man. Safe travels back. I'll see you next week, brother. Thank you. Right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Later.